1: from nebraska back east and uh it's not exactly fun and exciting part of the country so we'll be going through nebraska i think through nebraska through iowa illinois indiana ohio so not exactly you know. hey come on
2: <laughs> you got the rv the, the rv hall of fame oh in yes We're indiana there.
1: in indiana oh, okay all right well, that's Elkhart, good Indiana what's interesting RV is RV Hall uh, of Fame Elkhart. Oh, you know what? You know what else is in Elkhart, Indiana is the um the Bach the uh, the the Bach Stradivarius factory, which is a really famous uh trumpet maker. My my trumpets are Bach trumpets. They're also in Elkhart, Indiana, so that's hilarious. Big Ten well, yeah, country, but Elkhart's
2: baby. not known for trumpets. They're known for RVs, so They're known for trumpets.
1: What's that, Colin? It's a Big 10 country. Big 10 country. Yeah. Um, you
2: know, really really weirdly um, not 80 90 across the northern part of uh, indiana, indiana but um when i used to have to go to illinois all the time for work across southern indiana um from like dayton you know 70 runs through the state from like dayton to uh like um terre haute and there's this one spot where there's tons of billboards and it's for this giant rv dealer just called tom raper and literally there was like eight billboards in a row of like Go see Tom Raper for a great deal on your RV. It is a Tom Raper, Tom Raper,
1: Tom I can't Raper. Those. <laughs> like,
2: and I just can't. Like, holy shit, man! Like, change
1: <laughs> if you your got name. a last name like Raper, you gotta. You probably just gotta own it. You gotta <laughs> you own it and name. just go fucking overboard. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would I would change it, but
2: other places but, in, in Indiana own it, like. Um, in and even further so, just across the river from Louisville, there's this giant billboard for Butt Drugs. It just says Butt Drugs. Oh my god! Um, and it's a, it's a small town pharmacy. For our, everyone listening, just what it's like the campiest, low budget shot with a Super Eight camcorder type uh, YouTube video, but it's great because they just they just lean right into the whole thing. Just come visit Butt Drugs for all your all your the medicine you need at
3: Butt
1: Drugs. That's amazing. That is so good. <laughs> wow. Uh, what are you drinking, Ethan? Fatheads Headhunter that Matt gave me.
2: Hell yeah! And
1: it's really West good. Coast. You don't. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't like West Coast, but this is fucking good, though. I don't love West Coasts, but this one's like really well balanced. The West Coasts that I don't like are the ones that are just like all about the bitterness. Yeah, that's. Um, it, I mean,
2: that one's still pretty bitter, but you got a nice a, a nice fruit fruit backbone to it too yeah i don't know it
1: doesn't it's it's bitter but it doesn't uh it's aggressively right yeah aggressive and unrefined right aggressively aggressively hopped is what it says um but yeah i don't know it doesn't seem overly bitter to me i don't know if it's like um piney maybe that's like part of it too but it's but it's uh yeah it's like it's balanced it's good kyle what do you got my dad left this
3: for me at the beach house (laughs) It is from Westbrook Brewing Company. It's a pina colada shake. IPA. Yeah.
2: Westbrook's down in oh. South Carolina. They're 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 damn tasty.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's different. I, I wouldn't say I, I love it. It's, I'm not huge on pina coladas, but I'll drink it. If,
2: if you want like a traditional not fruit sour, just like a like what a sour should be. Westbrook makes a goes or a Goza, however you want to pronounce it, which for those of you, it's a, it's a sour German wheat beer that's got sea salt added. Um, and or maybe it's not wheat. It's a sour German beer with sea salt. Maybe wheat, maybe not. Um, but Westbrook just Westbrook makes one of the finest iterations of it out there. It's really good. It's just tart and crisp and light, and it's a really good summer beer. Oh, man. Like, it was one of those I used to buy a six-pack whenever I saw it in the store. Um uh, just a really really and then they put like variations like they they sold a lime one and then they sold a lemon a lemon meringue one and it was just uh it was it was really well done that i got good. um chicago area dovetail brewing vienna lager i kept it light tonight um nice 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 amber hues nice crisp <laughs> on the palate.
3: so why why do you two i never really got into this but both you two drink out of glasses all the time. What's what's the difference? Like, why don't you just drink it straight out of the can or the bottle?
2: I mean, do you want like the the really frou answer?
1: Well, I want to know both of your reasons. I, I, I want to the really, reasons. I have my reasons, but I want to hear the really frou-frou answer.
2: I mean yeah. the 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 knock on uh, cans is that you get an aluminum flavor with it. So um, the way it. Um, that's, that's one of the knocks. So that's why, like, if you guys remember when Sam Adams came out with cans for the first time, they had the really goofy lip that was supposed to help it, like, cascade off the can into your mouth, and you wouldn't get the yeah. aluminum flavor. Yeah, yeah. The other part is, uh, for a lot of craft beers, the aroma is a really, really big part of the flavor. Um, so without with it, with it in a can, you're not getting the aroma, and that's, especially with hoppy beers, especially with hoppy beers, it's a really big part of the overall flavor that you taste now that's um, it, it's weird. Cause you have some pretty stark um, kind of like opposite example, like the King of IPAs out there, you know, the longtime standard alchemists, uh, Hetty topper says drink from the can. Um, and I'm not quite sure why, why they say that other than, like on the can, it says, you know, we did, we put a lot of work getting all the hops into the can. We don't want you pouring it out into a glass, drink right from the can. But uh, in most cases, they say you want that that aroma, you want that part of the experience of the beer. So you're talking These about value. like the flavor
3: of the beer, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, but no, nothing to do with like, you don't lose any carbonation when you pour it out or anything? No,
2: no. If you pour I, it correctly, obviously. I still have a nice head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me it's the aroma. That's that's the main reason. Yep, and that's yeah, that's really it. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I'll try. I'll try it next week. I'll, I mean, I'll it also
2: it. makes dishes. So there's nothing wrong with drinking from a can, especially if you want like I don't know. You go to the beach and you want a portable, easy to drink can that's not glass. It's not gonna cut yourself. So right. right. Um, you know, there's you know. nothing wrong with that either.
1: I don't. Did you? Did either of you guys watch Parks and Rec? Yes. There's, okay, so so Billy Eichner plays that character Craig, yeah, and he yeah. like freaks out all the time, right? So there's this one bit where he's like trained to become a wine sommelier, and he like he's like freaking out as he's always freaking out, and he's like, he's at Tom's restaurant. He's at Tom's restaurant. And he's like, yeah. smell is ninety percent of taste, maybe ninety five. And so, like, that's what I think of uh, <laughs> with with this is, you know, smell smell is part of a uh, is an important part of taste.
2: Man, the image need to freeze when you put this episode up is Ethan
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Scare scare totally. away uh, scare away our remaining um two and three quarters listeners.
3: <laughs> hey, we're we're growing, all right? We're Growth growing. takes okay. time. It takes mm-hmm. time. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I got some topics for you guys. Uh we can get into topics and then I figure we can do at least one, if not both, mailbags after.
2: Okay. Okay. Cool.
3: What do you guys have? Anything before I dive into my things? Nope.
2: Man, if you guys ever get a chance to go to the fancy seats at Yankee Stadium. Do it. it. did look amazing. Oh, yeah. So tell, tell
3: us a little bit about that. Matt went to the worst Yankee game of the year, but yeah, yeah seriously. but
2: I had the best experience. <laughs> um, I, I was, po- I don't know why. Maybe it was because of Labor Day or maybe because it was a Blue Jays. I don't know, but I was poking around online and found Legend Suites tickets for like a third of the normal price. Um, so I jumped on them. And oh my goodness, like I can tell you why those seats are. Empty most of the time. It's because everyone's inside stuffing their face and getting booze and free food. Um, the place was incredible. I had the tenderest, thickest cut filet mignon <laughs> before the game. <laughs> it did look with great. roasted vegetables and potatoes. My brother had really good-looking sushi. They had just a mountain, like a foot and a half tall mountain of lobster tail, just like oh, come get your lobster tail. I had Oreo yeah. pancakes. They had uh, like a fancy Mediterranean olive bar. They had um, a huge pasta station. They had wild caught halibut from from that day's you know market. They had all of this nut stuff, and that's just upstairs. And you like we had we were seated like within it felt like a cruise ship. Actually, within like two seconds of being seated, like a gentleman walked over and was like, "Your waters." And just like set water down on the table. Um, the only thing we had to pay for was booze. Um, but like we finished there. We finished upstairs with all these fancy tables and bars and food. Then you walk downstairs and it's the same spread. Plus on both sides of the, of the room they've got like on the left is all of your fancy ballpark food. So burgers, hot dogs, sliders, pulled pork, pizza, popcorn, chips, pretzels, uh, chicken tenders, french fries on the right side. Oh, like there's a giant dessert stand with fancy macaroons and cake pops and right. ice cream and all this nuts and, and the fanciest bathrooms I've ever been in a stadium. And you just, again, you just walk, you walk around and just pick up what you want. Um, you get towards the door, past the ice cream stand and it just says candy wall and there's free chips and peanuts and candy and an ice cream cooler and popcorn and... Uh, then you walk outside and lining the entire, like every section, there's a giant cooler filled with ice with, uh, soda and bottled water and fizzy water. And you just, just walk down. And, oh, I guess I want to, I guess I want a Pepsi like free, even though if I go five feet to my right in the little plebeian section, you, that same Pepsi is going to cost you nine ninety five or whatever it is. Cause you know, whatever, but oh my goodness. Uh, it was awesome. Well, like really cool you said the key word
3: experience so if Hal steinbrenner is listening to this he's going to be thrilled because that's according to the research of my book which i will shamelessly plug that
2: is that. what
3: that is what that is what he cares about just as yeah, much that's, as a winning product
2: that's why there's no one in the seats though because everyone's inside you know right. there's a bar that's like like a hundred feet long inside with just tv 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 like um Oh man, and then and then the lady right before I left, I went back inside before they shut all the stands down, and I got like I got my sister in law some like hummus and falafel and pita bread, and then I walked over and got um, got pizza for myself, and I walked back to the lady and she gave me some buffalo chicken tenders for my brother. She's like, ah, oh, what's the score? And I was like, ah oh, man, they're losing three nothing. She's like, man, they better win. If they don't <laughs> win, I won't cook them good food tonight. And just like sauntered along on her way, and I was like. You know, she might actually be cooking tonight for them. They probably get the similar spread that we yeah. do after the game. So, oh, that's hilarious. True. holy crap, it was so much fun. But anyway, that's my little breathless. It was a crappy baseball game. The, no one walked. Uh, they, I mean, the fucking most exciting part of the game was Anthony Rizzo's bunt single. Um, Geo booted two balls. Two uh, Glaber booted one. Um, I mean, they let off the game with back-to-back homers. The Blue Jays did, and they were all of the Blue Jays homers were cheapies, but they count the same. Um, I, I Brooks Chris Gush should Chris Key should not be on the roster. Um, and what and about I Gallo? what and your <laughs> boy <laughs> Gallo Golden Sombrero uh, lowest Lopez on the team right now. That's
3: amazing that the game you went to he yeah, had the Golden Sombrero. No, Three no of them looking... That-
2: that that is the three of them looking, and that's a high probability with him. Come on, <laughs> and and I will I'll throw this out there, maybe for later discussion. The Yankees are a better team with either Velasquez or Wade in the lineup. I think. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, Glaber looks terrible. Uh, Geo looked a, looked a little bit better while, at the yeah. plate, but with two errors in the field, that was that was frustrating. Um, it was bad. I mean, he, he, I can't even. I I want to rag rag on so many other people, but like at least Gary had some good at bats. Um, at least Rizzo got on base when they needed to. Uh, Brett got on base. DJ got on base. But uh, they looked like the plotting team from 20 games ago, where uh, the big bats when they're silent, it's deafening silence. Um, and then you know we only got one bat at bat out of Luke Floyd late in the game, and it was uh, I think a, a foul out maybe like. You know, I can't remember, but it just it was it was it was a tough game to watch.
3: But, yeah, brutal. Anyway. Well now that we lost all of our listeners from, Yeah, I've
2: I've expressing. expelled the demons from me. <laughs> uh, the flame and only partially makes up uh Halstein get a better team on the field. <laughs> well,
3: I will I will say real quick for anyone who's watching, notice the jerseys back on because guess who won their week one matchup? Penn State took the victory in Wisconsin. Nice. Wisconsin's good, aren't they? Yep. They were, Wisconsin was number 12. Now Penn State's number 11 in the country. Rankings came out today. They got got the same
2: record as the Syracuse Orange. They won on the road as well.
3: True story. I'll give you that. I'm not going to say anything.
2: No. Uh, Penn State (laughs) actually had a quality win. That's
3: awesome. (laughs) Yep. Big, big road win. Um, All right. So I want to start with a different topic than normal uh, because we we talked about random things here. Um I just finished binging a 9-11 docuseries on Hulu. And uh so this episode's gonna come out on 9-9, two days before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And um I would just love to hear we were all the same age, not in the same school. Two of us were in the same school, one of us was not. Um, I I would love for everyone to just tell what how they found out and what their reaction was because I think when you hear mine, you won't be surprised, <laughs> but I would love to hear. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, like literally yeah, the three of us. So this will be new.
1: Yeah. I don't know if we have. That's funny. Um, I do remember. Uh, so this is seventh grade. I was in uh, Colin, one of our favorite teachers, Mr. Shippy's social studies class. Shippy, yep. Nice. I was in Shippy social studies class. And I remember was my soccer he, coach. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and the he, connection. Yeah. Right. And he must've just, heard about it however and i remember like in class he turned the tv oh, on hold on yeah. one second before yeah. you get too detailed bring her out we have a
3: uh, guest have appearance oh, the, the guest appearance
2: I, uh, round of applause everyone round of applause for... yay
1: good, good, good. come on come on maybe clap maybe on, they're clapping for you there she, there, is. She is. There, she is. there she is i just ah. had a little scene. Uh, time uh, whoa Hmm. Wish hey. we get the microphone. Can you say hi? It's out of the stash. Can you say hi? <sighs> Grandma says it's hey, out of dad. your stash, Ethan. It's out of my stash. <laughs> I did always have one of those when I would come over. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. She's gonna turn it off. I know. Say hi. Oh. Say good night. All, right. All right, Stella, you're not bringing much to the table, so you can leave. <laughs> you point at them again? Can you say adios? Can you wave adios? Bye bye. Bye bye. She kind of pointed. That was cute. Oh, yeah, look at that. She, like smile. a little smirk. Yeah, a little yeah.
2: smirk there. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And our ratings are going to go through the roof now. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Cute baby cute Hannah for will tune in. Yeah.
3: <gasps> bye.
2: Say bye bye. Bye Stella.
3: Say good night, Dad.
1: Night, baby. Now, love you. <laughs> bye, Potty. <laughs> All
3: right, back back to Shippy.
1: Yeah, so I was in um I was in Mr. Shippy's social studies class, seventh grade. Um, and I remember he just turned the T V on and so we had like, you know, I'm sure we one of the main news channels, whatever it was. Was this in the morning um, or the afternoon? I feel like it was the afternoon. God. Um I don't think it was late, late afternoon. I feel like it was like mid middle of the school day, but I, I could be wrong. That's just kind of what my memory seems to think. Um I remember being more confused than anything, I think, at the time. I don't think Uh, and I, I think it had to do with like our age. I'm sure there were plenty of us who, who probably didn't understand what exactly was going on immediately. Um, and I mean, I think we, obviously we, we knew quickly, like we, we, you know, we knew within, you know, probably later that day or the, the adults probably already really understood it. But I remember just being like, wait, what? Like airplanes like flew into the buildings. Like what the fuck? Like what happened? Um, so yeah, it was, it was surreal and it's, equally surreal that it's already been 20 years that it doesn't, that seems, that seems insane. But, yep. um, but yeah, that was, that was what it was for me. Go
2: ahead, Matt. I'm going next. Uh, I got, I got a couple really vivid memories that day. Number one, it was delivered to me. It was in fourth period, right before the class started. I don't know if you guys encountered Jim Z motel. Yeah. Um, he was the backup goalie on the high school hockey team. Goofy guy, really nice guy, but really goofy. He was one that was like, terrorists just crashed planes into the world trade center and the pentagon and he said the white house too and i just remember like what like you're joking he's like no i'm serious and that was really weird number one because you don't i didn't normally believe what he said but how did he know all that without social media i don't don't know but then it was we were just starting fourth period english class and this is the lady and i remember what was was really actually concerning as a kid is she would not talk about it. She did not say anything about it. Everyone in the class was buzzing about these crazy rumors of what happened. And she just went along. I mean, which to her credit, she probably just wanted to get through, like, keep things normal. Let's not panic. There's nothing we can do anyway. But like at that Bush- point, every, the cat was out of the bag. Like, everyone wanted to know something was going on. And she's like, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to go read, you know, talk about Huck Finn or whatever we were talking about that day. Um, but then getting... Later in the day, like still not knowing what's going on for another couple of periods, and then after lunch we had like a fifteen minute just study hall period, and that was with the social studies teacher and him just putting on the news and saying like you need to watch this and you need to remember this day, guys, because this is going to change your lives forever. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty poignant. The other really really vivid memories I have. There's two other ones that day. Um, number one, coming back from a bathroom break and seeing a girl being led down the hall by which, I, who I assume is her mother just in like shambles and tears um, because her father, something to do with someone in her family. I don't know if it was her father or not, but was either on, you know, on a flight through, you know, through New York or Boston or whatever, you know, something to do with the flights or the towers um, where her father, she had not heard from her father yet. Uh, and then um, getting home from school that day, because football practice was canceled and hearing the f-16s um it's also kind of weird but uh having lived within uh, a mile of uh, an airport almost all my life um you know we got used to i was i grew up in as an air force brat for a couple of years at least um getting used to that that was a normal sound but still like remembering that day like oh wow there's a lot of fighter jets up today like that's kind of weird um but yeah so the the Air National Guard wing in Syracuse was the first one scrambled down to provide air cover when they took all planes out of the sky in New York City. So, yeah.
3: Well, either I wasn't listening or all of my teachers did not know either or they decided not to tell us, but I had no idea uh, that anything was going on the entire day.
1: Holy shit, okay.
3: And Ethan, I don't know if you remember this, but at one point the principal came on the loudspeaker and said something like, you're all going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. So something it was oh, like I don't a, remember that. Okay. It's like a real quick one minute thing. Had no idea what he was talking about. I was playing soccer, soccer practice got canceled. I thought it was the weirdest thing. It was just like it was in New York that day, clear, sunny skies, you know, pretty warm and, and everything. And we had just started middle school, you know, the week
2: before, the week before. Yeah.
3: Yep. Um, I had never gone home on the bus yet because <laughs> we had the bus. And so I had my cello with me and I had to figure out how to find the bus to get home. <laughs> Once I found out that practice was canceled, still no idea what's going on. I get home, I turn on the TV and I beep my mom. My mom had a beeper <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, Cause that was the thing we always did when, when we got home and um, she called me and she's like, you know what's happening? And as she's saying that to me, I turned the TV on, like I said, and immediately I turned on ESPN News because like ESPN News was like kind of new then. It was 24-7 sports and I was, as I am, a big sports junkie. And so that's what I turned on. And I see that they're showing these planes hitting the buildings. I don't, I don't even think I knew what the World Trade Center buildings were prior to that. Um, I remember her trying to explain it to me on the phone, didn't really sink in. I think I, I, I know I went for a haircut with my brother, Danny, uh, later that day. Cause like we didn't have any time usually. Cause we were both playing soccer and, and everything. We went for a haircut in Bayberry Plaza, like right down the street in my parents' neighborhood. Um, and they had it on all the TVs there, but the, you know, they were giving out haircuts still, um, and everything. And I don't even know how old I was before I truly realized what had happened. I, I just know I was, I was more confused and concerned with trying to find the bus because I had never taken the bus to get home. Literally never it, in my entire life because Ethan knows we lived so close to the elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, found my way home, found out everything, but I don't even remember what it, how old that was until I actually knew you know, what, what was going on. But de- definitely mm-hmm. still weird when you, you sit back and think about it.
1: Yeah. And Kyle, I think you're right. Like talking about this with, with both of you guys, I don't think we've ever talked about this. And we have all been like really close friends for a really long time. It's kind of, it's kind of funny that this has never come up. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Not, I mean, not a big deal or whatever, but I think you're right about that. My
3: mom's yeah. cheers. in the, in the back, she's, she's now listening to me talk. She can't hear anything because yeah. of the headphones.
1: Well, center send center send my love after the episode for our listeners, me, me and Colin's mom, we have a, we have a very special relationship. So she uh she she yells She's at me when behave. I'm being. <laughs> what she said? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Because <laughs> I was just gonna say like when I am getting really really if I'm playing Colin and Matt know that um, I get very competitive um and one of the things that I get most competitive in is is beer pong and um I will <laughs> I I use inappropriate language all the time. Obviously anybody who has listened to this knows that. But when I'm doing when I'm doing beer pong and I have some drinks in me it's like, it's like on steroids. And, uh, and Colin's mom is always like really good natured about it though. She's like, she's very funny. She'll just like, she'll hear me like saying some really nasty stuff and she'll just be like, and then, but then you can like tell she's laughing or whatever. And so it's fine. But, uh, anyways, she's the best.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall
2: guy. the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. The All finish. right.
2: All right. Let's go
3: to uh, from one pretty serious topic to a more fun one uh, tomorrow. Finally is the Hall of Fame induction for a number
1: two Derek Jeter. hmm Any of you guys going last minute? I wish. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm driving to Connecticut. Cooperstown I guess wouldn't be super yeah. far away, but uh, it's along the way. Yeah. Check it out. Uh-huh. I I it's, got gonna, know, be, I it's really... gonna be it's gonna be
3: jam packed.
1: Yeah, and I don't really I don't think going to an induction ceremony regardless of who it's for it doesn't really hold that much appeal for me to be honest with you um,
2: yeah it' be it's... fun I mean it wasn't a baseball induction ceremony but I saw I saw Metallica inducted into the rock hall yeah
1: but was that there was like a cool. performance was there like a concert component yeah that? yeah I mean, that would be cool. The, yeah, I, but I, I why true. am I gonna, why am I gonna go sit at, at the Hall of Fame and listen to a bunch of old athletes like give like basic platitude speeches? Like, I don't, I don't need to listen to that. Well, sometimes
3: they say good things. Who was, who was the one? Uh, was it, was it, uh, Hank Aaron or someone that said something about the, the black managers in, in baseball during, oh no, it was Ted Williams said something in his Hall of Fame speech about that there needed to be more black players who became coaches and managers or something and he had had it in his original hall of fame script and they told him to cut it out and he just said fuck you anyways and did it.
1: Um, well that's cool. I don't I don't think I knew that. That's very cool.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Teddy Ball game. Um I mean I'm I'm sure you're right Ethan for the most part it is. You know probably worthless to hear what they have to say but yeah. I don't know. I hope you know Jeter uh, he's got a lot of history attached to him go pretty pretty, uh crazy good
1: good experience in new york like yeah i mean um, he had a magical career no doubt and i'm not trying to be like a a cynical dick or whatever it just it just doesn't hold that much appeal to me just as a general rule but like i don't i'm not you know i'm not judging people who would really enjoy it you know yeah
2: can i have that as a sound bite for my phone like I'm not trying to be a cynical dick or whatever, just, just to like hit a button so I can like play that for you occasionally. But,
3: Matt, I don't but. know if you've gotten to these episodes yet. Cause I know you started listening to the scrubs podcast, but you know how they like put together all those ringtones of like what. Oh yeah. Oh Donald yeah. Faison and, and Zach Braff say like, that's exactly what we could do. <laughs>
2: I'm 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 almost caught up there. They they finally got the little soundboard where you can hit like the, oh, yeah. the, uh, the little the little snippets. We need to do that for this podcast. it would be great. Yeah. yeah get a little,
3: uh...
1: little toodle of Ethan on his trumpet there, you know. <laughs> you, you toodle your trumpet, right? That's how I that's do you toodle do. it. Yeah. Um I'm very I, good at all sorts of tootling, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe have maybe have Stella making some baby noises. Um you know, we could we could we could mimic the Scrubs podcast and get uh Toddy recorded saying, Ethan, I love you. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Uh
2: <laughs> on the Scrubs podcast Ethan they've got uh, Donald Faison's wife recorded saying, Zach, I love you to Zach Braff
1: and
3: it's uh, uh that's great. pretty funny. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you haven't listened to that yet, Ethan, since you're a Scrubs fan too. but
1: Yeah, no, I know. I'll, I just, I rarely listen to podcasts. I pretty much listen to the podcast and that's it. But I probably will listen to it at some point. Matt and I actually listened to some of it when we were driving um, to your place and back for Memorial Day. And I did really enjoy it and I do love Scrubs. So I'll, I'll probably check it out at some point. Yeah, probably. we did like half an hour.
2: It was fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. You got a long drive coming up a lot of episodes put it on two speed well i got i got more than a long drive i mean i got several days of constant driving so so yeah and actually jeremy would be into that too because he loves scrubs so yeah maybe maybe we will do some of that it's a good idea. i was gonna say does he like all the high
2: fantasy books you listen to or
1: um he 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 likes stephen king a lot um i don't he doesn't read i don't think quite as much uh in the fantasy realm um but he yeah he would definitely do the scrubs podcast i think so yeah we might have to do that we also both really like um avatar the last airbender mm-hmm. i don't know if we have any avatar fans in, in our listening uh audience but there's also a podcast about that that we might check out but i feel like
2: there, there's a lot out there i feel like i was the only person oh, so in much. college that i went where i went that didn't like avatar so oh, I, did not, I didn't didn't like it i just never watched it
1: yeah you should you should try it it's uh it's on netflix now and jeremy so jeremy watched it originally when it aired back like 2005 to 2008 and he was like the target audience you know and he loved it back then and as soon as it came to netflix like a while back he kept telling me he's like dude you need to watch this show it's one of my favorites it's one of the best blah 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 blah. and i finally did it and i've actually watched the entire series twice um since covid it's not super long it's three seasons but it's fucking awesome i mean it's a kids show but like it's it's so good um in terms of it's funny and it also is really really good about sort of like presenting morality and integrity um to kids in like in like a really good way the characters grow in really cool and satisfying ways great great show so not, not to veer too far off topic cal i'm sorry but ethan have you watched working marty yet I just actually before this, I just watched the ninth episode. Me, I need to watch episode. <laughs> Me too. You the Me way? too. Me yeah. too. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably do the tenth later. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just did the ninth. It was, it was good. It was fine. That's why he was late, Colin. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm always late. I just. Yeah.
2: You got to make sure you're the bottom screen in the little windows here. Well, right. see, but what's funny the is slump.
1: I'm the, I'm the middle window on my side though, so I don't know i don't know how it works <laughs> it comes from yeah. my recording i'm always in the top right if i'm
3: looking at the computer matt's always in the top left because he always shows up second or sometimes first even but i i as the host move to the right and it's uh, yeah. left oh
1: that's interesting yeah yeah
3: uh all right uh rick and morty by the way i that is a show i do need to catch up on um, yes so, you do yeah. it's an amazing show yeah for sure uh, give me uh, outside of your feelings about the Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, give me your top Derek Jeter moment in terms of memory.
1: Ooh. I mean for me, it's easy. Um, it's not it's not important to his career, but it was it was you know it's easily the the biggest Jeter memory I have. So the three of us, Uh, for those who are listening the three of us were at Derek Jeter's final home game at Yankee Stadium in 2014 and um, for those who don't know the Yankees were not that good that year they were pretty mediocre they did not make the playoffs but um, this game I think was it the Orioles I want to say the Orioles so they were losing but it was close or actually they were winning then the Orioles like tied it up yeah Steve Pierce Steve Pierce home run and so it's like late in the game that it got tied up, and we knew that Jeter was due for an at bat. I think in the ninth, right? I'm pretty sure we knew, and um, and yeah, so he ended up uh, getting the getting the game winning hit. He had an RBI single that won the game, um, and of course, just like even though the Yankees didn't make the playoffs, uh, that was they like had the just been eliminated capstone. the day
3: before. So we knew okay. they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway.
1: Right. But that's like the perfect capstone to his career. Like I it's something about that guy. Like he got, he got like sprinkled with some fucking magic pixie dust when he was born or something. I mean, <laughs> just like everything that could go right in his career went right pretty much. And, uh, and so like to have your final home game, like have that happen. I mean, it was, it was a pretty incredible moment to, um, to like be there in the audience in the crowd. And I just remember the energy was so good the whole entire game, but I remember like when that happened the feeling of like 50,000 fans, just like euphoria. Um, really cool, really cool thing.
2: I don't know if I've got a, a specific moment, um, but I'll say my, my formidable years as a Yankees fan. Um, I don't know if he was my, my grandpa's favorite player, but he was, my grandpa really, really liked Derek cheater. And so, you yeah, know, I, I still remember, like, we would go – we would spend a week with my grandparents every summer, um, and we would, like, sit out by the fire and listen to the game on the radio. And just, like I, – I just really, really remember those times. I remember my grandpa really liking that new young Derek Jeter kid. Um Because <laughs> back back in the day, who's, you know, still a, a – 21-year-old you know, rookie. Yeah, brand new to the team, but that face of the franchise type guy. Uh, I will say it was pretty magical the – um to, to list another last game that we went to, the Mo's last game, to see uh Jeter and Pettit and someone else with them, or was it just Jeter and Pettit and Jorge maybe? Andy. And yeah, Jeter Pettit and who else? Oh Pettit. Um is it Jorge? For no, for Rivera? Yeah.
3: Jorge retired. Um
2: yeah. anyway, seeing them you know, yeah. Jeter was, was the one of the guys teams. that yeah. went out in the stuff field and took took Mariano out of the game. Yeah for his last game at Yankee stadium and to see Mariano, like, first of all, I got this huge, huge face on him when, when they started walking out of the dugout and then to see him cry uh, and embrace the guys and cry. Um, that was probably the most special moment I've seen. Uh, that was, that was incredible.
3: Yeah. yeah I think um, Ethan probably stole mine. Uh, Cause how do you beat something in person? you know, yeah. like that. So I'll just say there were a number. I mean, I loved when Jeter would do the pump fist at shortstop when they would win a game. I loved how he would, after hitting a single round first base and clap his hands and then, you know, walk back. He had these you know, little things that were really great, but I think, um, you know, maybe we were a victim of uh, being spoiled, you know, as we talk about all the time yeah. as Yankee fans, but, uh, I have so much more of an appreciation for him now. And I did toward, you know, the later years too, especially after he got hurt and you know definitely wasn't the same player. And we knew the end was near um, his presence though alone. I think it's the biggest thing that I, re- I remember him. Mean, he was so dependable. So he was there all the time, played every, you know, as, as much as he could, he was on the field. Um, and he was the, that, that leadership that he had, you know, I know, I don't think everyone agrees totally with the way that he handled everything. You know, but who who does it all right? Like nobody does. And you know, I think for the overwhelming majority of his time he was a great leader and he was a fantastic representation of the New York Yankees and of major league baseball. Um and I think he's going to be one of those people if, you know, we're fortunate to have him for the next, you know, 20, 30 years. And um you know, he comes back to old-timer's day or something, he's going to get those standing ovations that Joe DiMaggio got, that Mickey Mantle, you know, got, and he's going to be revered, and, you know, rightfully so, because he was that type of player, but it was a totally different era of baseball, where, like, the, the mythic figure of Derek Jeter isn't quite as big as it was for Mickey Mantle, but I think the impact that he had on the organization was probably just as big, if not greater, Um, than you know some of those players so that that's what really stands out for me I mean I'm hopeful they'll have another (laughs) player like that sometime in our lifetime but um, I mean we got lucky to see Jeter and then probably have a really close second in in Rivera Um, you know at the same time that's pretty incredible Yep. In today's day and age, you know when team, uh, Robinson Cano you know, comes to mind. Is, uh, again, I don't know if Robinson <coughs> Cano has the has the Derek Jeter because of everything that we know now, and he's he's suspended this season for PED and everything. But like, he, you know, he didn't even stick around after that first contract was up. And
1: yeah, you know, well, that, the Yankees chose not to. Well, they they offered
2: him not they offered him a contract. Years. He yeah. just took him Yeah, but the
1: they cho- they chose not to actually make a serious run at him. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, before you make fart noises at him. Uh, Derek Jeter's career war according to baseball reference is 71.3. Robbie Cano's career base, uh, reference uh, baseball reference war is sixty-nine point six.
2: didn't. Okay? I wasn't that wasn't in reference to war. It was the reference to the fact that he's tested positive for PEDs twice. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's pretty unimpressive. But I'm just saying dude's a really good player. I feel like I feel like when if I feel like most baseball fans, if you were to be like Who's better, Derek Jeter or Robinson Cano? I feel like everybody would just be like, Jeter, Jeter, Jeter. And it's like, actually, Cano's really fucking good. And they've basically equal careers at this point.
2: How much better would Cano have been if he put the work in and hustled like Jeter did? Uh,
1: Well, okay. Yeah. I So I
2: was going to get you He got got us both. Matt was trying to get us both,
1: and he got us that motherfucker. All right, so really quickly, Uh, uh, I can't can't let this go. I can't let this go. (laughs) So, well, first of all, I was going to be charitable to that because I was going to say if Robbie hadn't missed so many games because of the PED suspensions, he'd already be above Jeter in terms of career war. So he's he fucked himself in that way. But in terms of the whole hustle and grit thing, I fucking hate that. This this whole argument that like every baseball baseball is a marathon. It's incredibly taxing on these guys bodies over the over the course of, a, of an entire season. So when you have these people making these arguments. That it's some like basic game in May where like the stakes are not that high in May. Okay. You've got time. You've got a long season ahead of you. And then like if you hit like a really obvious like easy grounder to the second baseman and you don't run as fast as you fucking can, you'll get people who are like, oh, that guy's lazy. He was just jogging. It's like it's a long ass fucking season. He hit a really easy grounder to the second baseman. He do, he doesn't need to bust his ass every single fucking time. He's going to he, you keep doing that you might pull your hamstring and then and then it's all for naught. So that whole argument is is ugh, it's, it's hey, a waste of time. Games in May
2: count the same in the standings as games in September.
1: I'm not saying they're not worth winning, but I'm just saying that there are plenty of plays where it is not necessary for a player to be giving 110%.
3: Yeah. I mean, think about think about in the NBA all the plays that LeBron takes off on defense to preserve his body you know, the way that he plays defense. And and, I mean, people talk about it, but they don't talk about it the same way. This this is another classic baseball thing where people are like, you know, baseball is this Holy grail of, of hustle of like stats matter of everything, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't matter in other sports that, that these things happen in in the same way, even the PEDs, like nobody, nobody cares in other sports, but baseball
1: fans are so weird. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, you know, the, the one thing that's really interesting, this, this is a, you know, Jeter related thing is you know, two highly revered Yankees Jeter and Don Mattingly were victims I think of, of their work ethic where they kind of grinded their bodies into the ground obviously Jeter lasted longer than Donnie did but when he broke that ankle I mean he was he was done after 2012 like he was just never the same he couldn't come back in 2013 and then you know he was done in 2014 but at that point Jeter was like LeBron he's like I want to keep playing you know, all these years and his body totally gave out and, you know, Donnie baseball, they would talk about, he would be in the cage, you know, constantly hitting. And I, I can't help but think that that had something to do with his back problems. Like, you know, it's at a certain point, you just overwork yeah. your body like, you know, year after year after year after year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Our bodies are like a finite resource. Like it's not, it's not unlimited. You don't, you don't have unlimited swings or throws in your body. You know yeah. what I mean? Like eventually your body's going to break down no matter what substances you're taking, you know?
2: No matter if it's hot dogs from Babe Ruth or natural light and Mickey Mantle.
1: <laughs> right. Or, or what natural. was it for, what was it for Boggs? Uh, fried chicken? Fried, ch- well, fried,
2: chicken. P- fried chicken, but the other, the other fried chicken, a bucket of KFC before every game. But the other rumor is uh, the other story is that on team flights back, he would pound a whole case of beer. He yeah. would sit there with a case of Bush and just drink the whole thing. Have you guys Jesus never seen Christ.
3: that episode of Always Sunny?
1: I don't know. Which one?
3: There's an episode on Always Sunny where their goal is to break the record of beer's drink on the plane
1: held by Wade Boggs. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't think I've seen that episode. I need to find that. That's amazing. He I can't believe they did an episode about that. Yeah, Notorious. Is. That's fucking or so just, funny. Pounding them. Okay. That's, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. So funny. Uh, definitely got to look at it. All right. Well, I was going to ask something else about cheater, but I think bang that into the ground. So
2: I mean, I'm let's... just happy. I got a, a rile out of you guys. That's, that's all <laughs> I'm <was> going
3: for. <laughs> yeah. You, you know how to push those buttons. That's, that's for sure. Oh man. All right. I got a trivia and then we got a mailback question. I don't okay. know if we're going to, you guys are going to have to look up what the trivia answer is. Cause I, I don't know what this is. Uh, I'd be surprised if you know, but uh, this comes from cousin Greg and he wants to know if we know the only player to finish their career with 3000 plus hits and have the same exact number of hits on the road as he had at home. Ooh, I feel like I've heard this before. Early
2: guess would be Tony Gwynn, okay. but
1: my um, guess is Roberto Clemente.
3: My guess now Roberto Clemente had like exactly 3000.
1: He had exactly 3000. Yeah. That's,
3: that'd be really hard. I would
2: would say George Brett. Uh, Uh, All right. Let's go to splits for Tony Gwynn first. Splits, 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 splits. Got to go away from the camera, guys. Sorry. You can see me, but I can't see you. Splits. Career splits for Tony Gwynn. Hits on the
1: road
2: and at home. Okay. Okay. Well, Tony Gwynn had an odd number of hits. I'm already lost, but he had... Fifteen hundred fifty-five hits on the at home and fifteen hundred eighty-six on the road. So I am close with him.
3: That was real close.
2: George Brett, here we go. George Brett splits. By the way, here's a plug bomb. Well, searching everyone, BaseballReference.com is a wonderful website for baseball nerds. I'm sure uh, home you can and just away. Google
1: the answer and find it. Well, that's what I—that's uh, what I did. I Googled it, and I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not getting it. Uh, um,
2: 1637 at home for George Brett, and 1517 for away for George Brett. Callen, you got another? Ethan, what's your what's your guess?
1: Well, I had said Roberto Clemente, which, oh. which is not a good guess because he had 3,000 hits in his career, and there's no way he had 1,500 each. I don't think that seems highly unlikely. Yeah, that would that would be crazy.
2: I love that when you look up Wade Boggs' stats, he's got batting and pitching stats because he, every <laughs> once in a while... No, Boggs is much better at home. Man, who, oh, else? Boy, who else? Did, did you look years. at
1: Clemente, though, just out of curiosity? No, not yet. I will. If Boggs had the
3: monster all those years in Fenway.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Just Why the fuck am I not bowl. finding
2: this? I wonder, I wonder if... Um, it. It's like something we wouldn't think of, like a power hitter, like... Uh, Bonds, right? Bonds had three thousand, right? No, Ethan, you were close. Fifteen twenty-eight to fourteen
1: seventy-two. Hey, all right, much close, almost as as close as uh, me. That's a good guess. All right, Um, Matt, what was your guess, and what was it again? What were his numbers? Tony Gwynn. Yeah, and what were Gwynn's?
2: So his were making me go back to the page sorry everyone sorry
1: no i can do it sorry i, I um uh, 1555 and
2: 1586
1: okay so yeah, i that's... was off by uh 31 man that dude was a fucking wizard yeah uh man, who else we got let's let's rattle off a rod jeter yeah um paul molitor paul molitor uh did Ripken get to 3000 yep he did
2: Uh, Uh, Jeter, no, more at home 1810 to 1655 Um, What about uh, Ichiro Oh, Ichiro Ichiro Suzuki He hits the ball everywhere So, uh, close-ish 1510 to 1579
1: Close-ish, okay Um, Um, What about Stan Musial
2: um you might need to to, to yeah, exploit this. Up. Yeah, so you might need to start we're helping. Both,
1: we're both looking it up. This is making for really exciting listening for everybody. Uh, yeah, for I know. Dang,
2: dang it, Greg and Colin. maybe yeah, next but, time we got we can we, we you need gotta to pre this, look though. up the answer.
1: Yeah, Greg Greg you fucked us right now. We <laughs> we cannot we cannot not find this answer now. So. Yeah. Uh
2: uh Paul Miller 1676 to 1643 so close to. Um Wait, not Where's a, the
1: splits button? on the uh thingy
2: um if you look at uh pete you go to Pete Rose overview or people well, whoever they are over. blank blank overview, overview it' say minor league stats manager stats and then splits and it's a drop down menu and you go to career mm-hmm. um Pete rose oh whew, wow he was close was he 2,123 at home, 2,133 on the on the road. Damn. Okay, I'm going to go Ty Cobb next, Ethan, because that's the book that your uh, dad let me borrow and read.
1: Yeah, right. Ty Cobb.
2: Colin, if it's something like George Sisler, I'm going to be really upset.
1: So wait, but none of us know the answer, right? Presumably no. Greg does. Colin, are you texting him to I have just him just did, give yeah. us the answer? All right. I just did. So we can we can come back to it see if he uh if he answers. Oh there it is. Hold on. Uh wait. Oh it's
2: probably just on Wikipedia. Um
3: I can't believe it's not
2: a basic Google search.
1: I know. I was pretty surprised and I worded it a couple different ways too.
2: Um there's a lot on the list. and I, I hope it's
1: not oh, someone like your boy. or Palmero. Your boy got it. Your boy got it. Stan Musual. 1815 and 1815. Dang. For there's Stan some when the I man. saw his name, when I saw his name and I saw the even number, like I for some reason I was like, I feel like maybe it was him. I feel like I've heard that before. Uh sometime maybe years ago that happened. But yeah, Stan Musual. Wow. How many hits did he have? Um thirty-six thirty. Oh, wow. 3,630. 3, yeah. A shit ton. Yep. Stanislaw yeah.
2: Franciszek usual. Stanley yeah. Frank.
1: Dude had, he had 128.7 career war. He had, he had an insane career. Now, granted, baseball back then, as we know, was very different and not nearly as competitive as, as baseball in the quote unquote modern era as we think of it. But still, he, he was, uh, he was really incredible.
2: I mean, you know, you, you can get some sideways numbers back then. Ty Cobb was 151.
1: 151 war. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, the babe was like 183 or something. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it was insane. I mean, well, we, cause we've, I remember Colin and I like every once in a while. So, you know, when we were growing up and we would like hang out and watch games together, we'd usually have our laptops on us and we would like go to on baseball reference a lot. And, uh, I know like every once in a while, and Matt, I'm sure we've done this with you over the years. Just when it's, like, been a while, we'll go and we'll look at, like, some of these players' pages just to remind ourselves of the stats. And when you look at, like, Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or even—I'm looking at Musial right now. I mean, it looks like video game shit. Like, you don't see numbers like that anymore where, like, the OPSs are, like, 1,100 and 1,200. I mean, Babe Ruth's career slugging percentage—this is one of my favorite stats—his career slugging percentage is six ninety. People, people nowadays, like, lead the league in slugging if they're maybe at, like, 600. His fucking career slugging was 690 for his, you know. So the game was just so different back then. But it's like sometimes when you look at those numbers, it's just it's mind-blowing. It's just it's so foreign.
2: Yeah. I, I do still think, and I know we've gone down this rabbit hole before. We'll go down it again. Maybe on another podcast. But I really would love to see how, <laughs> like— would would Babe Ruth shit his pants against a Randy Johnson slider? Like oh God, yeah. Like, Absolutely dude. like I mean, not only was it, you know, ninety-five miles an hour and it would start at your ear and end at the other batter's box, but Randy Johnson's a scary looking dude.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. all He's jacked up tall. on rush. Just... In fucking six ten dude.
2: Yeah. yeah, you know, six ten listening to rush before games and yeah getting angry with you.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I love baseball history as much as anybody. You guys know that. But, like, Babe, Lou, any of those guys, they'd be fucking nothing yeah. in the modern game. They would be lost.
2: Pedro just fucking throwing a beanball right at Babe. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm your daddy, quote, like, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like, like, and this is no offense to those guys, but, like, they, the game was just so, so different. I mean, they've never seen anything like what, what pitchers are now. Even, even an average pitcher right now, would would be totally unbelievable, like a fucking alien to them. You know what I mean? I mean, those guys threw junk ball and uh, junk balls and shit. Like they did spitters and they did all sorts of crazy shit or whatever. But in terms of like you talk about like velocity and spin rates and like the overall movement and shit that people get on like sliders these days, I mean it's you know it's just it's a totally different world. Whole new ball game. Yeah, exactly. All right, So what else do we got? We got a couple minutes. minutes. Yeah. All right.
3: Our mailbag question comes from Melissa and she wanted to know. So she was referencing the episode with Ben uh, and the difficulties that the restaurant businesses are having. And uh, somebody made a comment that uh, people seem to me more rude or mean than usual, you know, coming out of this pandemic. And uh, she said, this is something I've been spent. I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and would love to hear your opinions on why do you think after the experience, after, ugh, I'm sorry, I can't read, after experiencing the shutdown of everything that people have emerged more rude, demanding, etc. I know I've experienced it with being on the road and am intrigued by your thoughts. Um,
1: I don't okay. know. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know. My- Go ahead. Yeah. I have my answer and it's, and it's dark and cynical. So I'm going to go first so that we don't end with my dark and cynical take. Um, it's because humans are weak and shitty basically. Um, and I truly believe that like even in good times, like even in good times, not even, not even coming out of a pandemic. I think, I think that humans are just like emotionally and intellectually weak. And I think that most people, when they have had a rough go of it, um rather than trying to just like better themselves and be as kind as possible to other people they they take it out on other people um and so i think that's what you have i think you have everybody is like really burnt out it was it's been an incredibly difficult year and a half um now some people to to melissa's credit and i'm sure she's one of them um I think there are people who may be more like us who are like, who realize how difficult it's been and who are maybe trying to be extra kind and like give bigger tips to the restaurant people and all of that. Um, but I think you have plenty of people who, who just aren't thinking like that. They're thinking, hey, the world's open again, you know, get a fucking job. And if you're not doing it the way I want you to do it, then you're a shitty, per- you're shitty and you're lazy and you're, you're scum and whatever. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I have pretty low standards, uh, I have a low bar for humanity. And so to me, this is literally just humanity being right exactly, being exactly where I would expect them to be. Man, I wish I so had my, my button
2: from earlier. My like, I don't <laughs> about being cynical, no, I'm just kidding. But...
1: Well, I mean, I am, I wasn't trying to be one earlier, but like, I, will, I freely admit that I am, but I, I'm also not saying this just to be inflammatory. Like I honestly, I honestly believe it. So that's my take, sorry, Melissa.
2: I read an interesting uh, stat of the other day. Um, it was in an, an article about the increase in uh, FAA complaints, uh, you know, or instances of rowdy and unruly passengers. Uh, so, interestingly enough, in 2019, actually, it was all like this was already a problem in 2019. Um, so, belligerence and rudeness and uh, failure to comply with rules was already ticking up back then. Um, however. It seems like it's been juiced by the, you know, in the last year and a half, Um, you know, in in the case of flights, I know flight attendants are talking about people just getting loaded at the airport, um, being a big part of it. Um, I I do, I do want to say there's been, in my opinion, kind of a um, amplification of really, really radical rhetoric, whether it's political or otherwise, and a hyper partisanship and hyper politicization. Politicization of everything—that's true, actually. Yeah, that's a great um, point.
1: That's definitely a part of this. Yeah, and
2: I think, especially in the in the let's say last five years, um, a lot of these behaviors of rudeness or again, like hyper aggressiveness, have been, and this is what's scary to me is normalized. I think, um, you know. I, despite, despite everyone's wishing that it's not, I think it's, it's almost, you know, like the, the shamelessness that, you know, it's okay to be an asshole. People don't care anymore. Um, you know, it's become more, I don't want to say it's not, it's not more acceptable, but it's become more normalized. Um, you know, part of me wants to say potentially this wasn't happening or this, this has always been happening and it's
1: now just being captured. Um, camera on 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 you know and we have the internet so yeah so like yeah. everything you know so like yeah, K- everything karen's
2: didn't just you know start showing up these past you know five years we just right. started documenting it better uh and that goes um and i hate to, to keep going this way that that goes even even more so to say for racism um that didn't just happen start happening recently it's just being documented now
1: exactly um,
2: yeah but i just you know, and i'm not i'm not i'm not pointing to anyone in particular any political party i'm just saying i think this uh this this you know i don't know, again radicalization maybe isn't but aggressiveness has just been kicked into overdrive so that's frustrating and then again you add what you said that you add all the frustrations and the stress and um the upheaval and the uncertainty and the fact that a lot of people are still scared about stuff like the pandemic and that just uh makes it worse.
1: I would, and I would add just one thing to that too, um, to Matt's points. So he's talking about how all of this stuff has always been there, but it's kind of been like exacerbated. And I think that's exactly right. I think another component of it, at least here in America is that America is sort of alone, at least among sort of the quote unquote, like rich developed countries of the world. America is sort of alone in the fact that, Hey Boris, in the fact that America, um, emphasizes and values individual individual liberty and freedom above all else it, it values the individual over community um, most other rich countries in the world are more about like the over the overall good um, um, the the good of everybody um, the community and america is not america is is about the primacy of the individual and so i think that that's part of it as well um when 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 the very like root of your country's sort of narrative and and identity is is selfishness um then yeah you're gonna have all of this shit that matt's that matt was talking about and it's gonna get worse as a result of a fucking global pandemic Ethan, so that's
2: communities mm. only two letters away from communism <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh yeah i mean I know, Right. Exactly. Well, that's, you, you know, like, that's, that's funny. And I know you're joking, but like, I'm certain that there are many people who feel that <laughs> way in this country. I'm certain. Anyways,
2: really what it is, is uh, I watched like a 30 second clip of Alex Jones today screaming about ivermectin. And holy crap, like, man, man, we can oh just, uh, a. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
1: I, I don't think I'm ever going to, I don't think I'll put myself through that. I don't think I'm going to waste 30 seconds of my life. I'd rather, I'd rather like scratch my butthole for 30 seconds. I don't know. There's just, <laughs> there are way, way more valuable uses of my time. You know, life is finite and it's so fleeting and it's fragile and it's short. I'm not going to spend even a second looking at that fucking guy. Sorry, Colin, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I I literally have nothing to add, whatever whatever I'm gonna say is not gonna stand up to what you and
1: and Matt just said. So. Oh come
2: on, put a big bow on it all. Come on,
1: <laughs> you yeah, because you you guys you always say things so like professionally. Yeah, maybe, maybe remember, I remember.
2: You're the pro. You're the author. You're the professional podcaster. You all are right. the you are the professional motivational speaker.
3: <laughs> well, thank you for the compliments, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get as frustrated as you guys do, but I you know, sadly, I I think we're the minority. Like there's there's more people like, you know, Ethan was saying it's it's more about individualism than it is about community. We're more about what's in it for me than helping lift up other people. Um, this is nothing new, as you both have pointed out. Um, and I think with the past year, you know, people feel like they've lost a year, and, and so they're like, "Give me more." make up for it
2: (laughs) catch up (laughs) and catch up on my asshole quotient you know
1: (laughs) yeah right exactly yeah Yeah, that's a good point well
2: and sorry i I talk a lot so tell me to shut up everyone smile but um (laughs) to tie it back to the the original mailbag question like you can be critical without being a jerk like and it's a trait that both of you share being former restaurant industry workers and i love going to restaurants with both of you like colin would be like like under his breath like they should have come over and checked on us by now. Or like you know mm-hmm. that that's not professional. They should have been doing something else differently. Or you know, Ethan, you'll be a little less subtle about it, but you'll still say like you know, hey, that was wrong. But like not to not to them. You'll just like mention it to me. Like oh, hey man, something's wrong. They must be you know they must be swamped or
1: hey something's going wrong. Yeah, or, hey, exactly. They're probably slammed. Um, like just fucking be nice. It's a so really
2: you guys can be you know you guys can be observant and critical to of uh, you know me- critical meaning like. Objective maybe is a better word of, of of the of the service or what's going on, but um, never once have I heard you like be anything but your most respectful, Ethan Arts talking to the commish voice, uh, you know level of niceness to service industry workers. And you know that's that's not to say that you can't critique or you can't be objective, but yeah, I mean, literally being being a good person costs you nothing it costs you
1: nothing it costs you effort though and that's what i mean about people being intellectually and emotionally weak when you're in a and when you're like in a bad mood and you've had a hard time of it trying to be a good person and trying to be really kind it does it it requires it requires intellectual and emotional effort and i think that many people aren't capable of uh, aren't capable of it that's what i meant about the weakness but that's that's my opinion on it but
3: yeah i'd I'd agree with that and but matt you're you're right and yeah, you know, absolutely. Everything yeah. everything that you just said, though, I mean, I feel like at least I try to conduct myself like that in every industry, industries that I haven't worked in. And, you know, just can I get, I, I get angry, I get annoyed, I get upset with things. I'm, I'm a human being. But at the end of the day, I am you know, I rarely lose sleep over things. Um, so obviously it can't be that bad. Um, and, you know, the, the effort thing i think i think that's that's a good point ethan and i don't know i don't know what brings it back i really don't i, I don't know if i don't maybe we've crossed over that line too far and you know there's gonna be more people out there like trump who um you know just loud obnoxious and get away with it because people won't do anything it be- to stand and up and it becomes
1: for it. normalized like what matt was saying you know yeah let's
2: let's 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 elect leaders that have a massive immigration campaign focused on nice people like Canadians and Dutch and I don't know are the are the are the Swedes like known to be nice I don't know they just seem like a nice you know they recycle a lot maybe that makes them nice I don't know um, but.
3: Yeah. And I, and I, don't, stereotypes I, don't, are starting I don't mean well. to uh, to make it all political by dragging Trump uh. into it. But if anyone knows me, they know I didn't like Trump even before he was Republican or president of the United States. I just always thought he was an asshole and very weird
1: and just a loud mouth blowhard. I yeah. mean, that's what he's been his entire life. Yeah. like that's. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Well, uh, with that, get
3: your mailbag questions in. Send us. Some nice ratings and reviews, Apple Podcasts preferably, but it will take any platform. Even if you just want to text it to us, uh, we'll, we'll take it. We're running out of things that we can shout people out for, so we need more interaction. We got compliments about our fan interaction. We need more of it. If you want us to keep talking about you, send them along. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a good plea? Shout, shout out, yeah.
2: Shout out to uh, to the Landrys in Upstate New York for Woo. watching us on the big screen and uh, married and yeah and putting you know putting oh. our ugly mugs on a giant tv yeah uh, seriously that's mr not landry
3: on a real big
2: screen tv it's not even joking. i can't believe it's, like, yeah, it's startling just seeing my face blown up that much on they tv are, <laughs> they're fucking masochists for doing uh, that <laughs> mr landry uh i hope you haven't eaten all those jelly crimpets you, you if you knew, from this area you know what i'm talking about uh and i hope you're healing up nice and well mrs landry i hope uh your first day of school goes well
1: oh so nice she hasn't started school yet it's after labor day after labor Day this week yeah it's either today
2: or it's today or thursday so depending on when they listen to the pod
1: yeah i'm so into southern living they they started school long ago my school's already started too yeah but i remember up north everybody's starting now yeah Yeah. i already forgot Yeah. yeah my bad <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Well, Matt, that was really nice because we can end. That's a little bit of a nicer note to end on than, than the previous. And butterscotch <laughs> crimpets are amazing. No, no.
2: I, oh, you like the butterscotch? butterscotch. I forgot. Oh, someone, someone so else mentioned that you love tasty cake and crimpets. I, I sent I Jay mad Matt about. Oh, okay, that. Colin, yeah,
1: I you sent... love tasty cake, right? I remember, oh yeah, yeah. I
2: remember oh, talking dude, about that. I live yeah. a mile from the tasty cake, or I work a mile from the tasty cake factory. Mm. I sent Jay yeah. two boxes of jelly crimpets to uh speed I did his not recovery. know that
3: last time we visited so next time we visit we will be getting boxes of tasty cakes and bringing them down to the man cave
2: right. <laughs> I can always I can always mail them to you don't worry They're coming.
3: <laughs> we have some in the area I've been able to find them but I they have crimpets but they don't have the the one I'm really looking for is a chocolate tasty cake with chocolate cream filling in the middle I've only been able able to find them in scran that's the only place I've ever had them
2: I'm on the I'm on the case
3: on the hunt. Anyone else, if you have tasty cakes, send them to me. You need my address. DM me. That's what we're going to end on. (laughs) Say goodbye to the podcast.
2: Bye. Adios.